welcome to ArchiSpeak, a podcast about all things architecture. My name is Neil Pan. Join me and my co-hosts, Evan Troxell and Cormac Phelan, every other week as we explore what it is like to work in the profession of architecture. Have you ever worked with an architect? Have you ever wanted to be an architect? Maybe you're in school and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Or perhaps you know exactly what it is like as you've been working in the profession for a long time and you know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or maybe, just maybe, you're planning on changing the world. Join us as we have a casual conversation about all things architecture. It's time for some Speak. Welcome to episode 89 of the Speak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. This is a special episode recorded on May 19th from the AIA convention in Philadelphia and sponsored by RCAT. RCAT is an online resource for all of your building product needs. Visit them at the AIA convention in booth 3401 or online at arcat.com. So we're coming to you again from our mobile studio in downtown Philadelphia on the first full day of the AIA convention. We started the day by attending the keynote featuring Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She was subbing for Kevin Spacey, actually, who was the announced uh, keynote speaker. But uh, So guys, what did you think of her uh, interview? Actually? They uh, traded one uh, actor president for another actor president. Yeah, they did, actually. Um, yeah, I think the, the current AIA president, Russ Davidson had a, a funny statement when he he basically said the same thing and he <laughs> when when that happened when whatever whatever transpired when when Kevin Spacey was no longer going to be the keynote speaker he said that he wanted to pull a Frank Underwood and shove someone in front of a moving <laughs> subway car yeah, I thought it was great I mean he gave some good one-liners I, I think you know he I don't know whatever happened he seemed to be somewhat perturbed, but also kind of took it in stride, and it was like you know, yeah, he made, said, a, made a good joke about he it. He just said, "We moved on." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought it was interesting. I don't, I don't know that it was really pertinent to anybody in the room, except for maybe uh, Radzner, who's designing her house. But yeah, uh, other than which that, they probably weren't in the room. <laughs> yeah, which who probably was not there. Uh, but overall i i didn't get an overwhelming uh inspirational feeling from it i i did feel like russ davidson and, and robert ivy were both doing a very good job about uh getting the crowd going and um i, I really feel like watching ivy over the last two years he's he's really become a, a good speaker in front of a large audience and uh and i felt like Russ Davidson did a really nice job as well. Yeah, actually, you know, and you know that they were reading off their cue cards and stuff like that. But they were, they were engaging. I really liked it. I enjoyed the speech. It didn't feel like a speech. It felt like a conversation. So, I mean, it was it was good. And you know, I, I was doing a few live tweets and you know, kind of quoting some of uh, Russ's comments and stuff. And, I, and and they were inspiring. And so, yeah, Robert Ivy. I remember the very first time I had ever uh, listened to his. Um, him give a presentation it was at auburn and uh he said something that you know it always shocked me until it was like wait this is all we do and it was he was giving a stat about and i don't really remember the uh the percentage but it was like you know maybe nine or nineteen percent of all of the buildings designed in the country were designed by architects and it's always stuck with me that basically what he was getting at is we need to do a better job 
of telling you know the the world that why we're important and why they need to hire you know our services and stuff like that and that if we want to kind of regain control of the built environment you know we we are the ones who are going to need to do it i kind of felt like the new format the theater in the round oh that was the layout that was interesting i loved it it was much better uh than than the singular directional facing um speaker to the audience i felt like when when Russ was up there, he kept spinning in circles, right. and <laughs> yeah. so I think that it takes some getting used to from a speaker's perspective. But because then the camera is always trying to catch him from the front, so there's right. when when you see the screens Lots on the sides, quick cuts. there's a lot of quick cuts because they're always oh, yeah. switching yeah. cameras yeah. To, to catch the front face. And so camera two, camera to one. me, like, <laughs> and this is something that I witnessed at Autodesk University last fall was they all they have the same setup when they're in Vegas and. The speakers there really—they spend a few minutes speaking to each direction instead of constantly turning. And I feel like if this really is a new format, like you said, and they're right. going to continue to do this uh, in order to make everybody in the audience feel like they're closer to the speaker, more engaged, which I think is the really successful part about it. Yeah. Uh, then I would just say, you know, practice speaking on that stage or mock it up or something, so that you actually get to not make everybody feel dizzy because that's how I felt watching the camera always clip 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 for a while he's spinning around uh, I felt like I I was actually feeling dizzy in the audience watching that Robert, and I felt like I need to keep my eyes on him and not the screen because oh, yeah, I yeah. kept looking at the screen just like any restaurant you go to where there's a TV it's like your eyes automatically go to the screen which I hate but I felt like okay he's right there I am closer to him I should be watching him and it, it, it's hard because it's not stepped amphitheater like right. seating, right? right? So it's all flat floor. So there's definitely line of sight issues when you're sitting right behind somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. And even sitting up tall, I still couldn't see over the guy's heads. Yeah, I couldn't see. Really yeah, couldn't I, see. Him. So I, I couldn't see either. You really want a seat at the end of the row. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the keynote presentation with Terry Gross which was awesome because love listening to you know Fresh Air and these long format conversations um, you know when she was interviewing uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus it was it was great because you know we got to hear some insights from Elaine and from President Meyer and all of these other things of love all of the shows that she's in she's a I think she's a great comedian but I mean, we're all sitting there looking at each other like, okay, this is great. We got a celebrity. How is this inspiring us as architects? Or, I mean, she didn't even like have a, you know, nice little anecdote about her house construction other than it's really expensive, you know? (laughs) And so it's just like, eh, you know, and, and, you know, I just listened to a podcast, WTF with Mark Marin, who had another in-depth conversation with her and, it almost seems like her uh, everything is a very boilerplate, you know, kind of response. I mean, all of the responses that she gave in that—it's personal, but you're saying oh, it's yeah, repeated. Yeah. It's repeated, yeah. you know. And I, not to take anything away from her, because you know she's probably tired of like having to say the same. Because they are asking her the same questions, and they're the same answers. Well, and my guess you know? too is this was thrown together at the last minute. Yeah. She obviously yeah. is not the kind of person I don't think. Who just gives inspirational speeches, right? And so the, they teamed them up together so that the pressure was off. The pressure right. was more on the person who 
ask questions for a living, yeah. right? right? To come right. up with good questions, to to come up with things that she thinks that the audience wants to hear. But I really didn't feel like it played to the audience that they had. They didn't right. take advantage of that. Right. And I do feel like I was hopeful that if Kevin Spacey was speaking, it would have been an inspirational speech and I would have gotten excited and to hear about innovation and disruption, which is kind of how they hung the the premise of what he was going to speak on. I was looking forward to that and that wasn't it at all. So I felt like it was yeah. kind of a swing and a miss here at this. You know, we were, I, I do remember all of the tweets that after they announced that Kevin Spacey had dropped out and then they replaced him, that it was like, you know, why didn't they get George Costanza, you know, because he's always pretending to be an architect anyway. And <laughs> I think that yeah, it was Art like Art, Vandelay. Art, Vandelay, Art you know, I mean, <laughs> that would have actually been great to just at least interview him on why he always wanted to pretend to be an architect, because yeah. I think that that actually would really kind of help. It felt very thrown together. And the is is. Successful as the new format with the center stage and the talking and walking around uh, and being closer and everything worked well for that format, but for the interview, it was horrible because they just brought out a couple of chairs and they turned their back to three quarter, at least half the audience. Yeah. And that's the way it was. Well, the so good thing clearly, was that you couldn't see them because you were, were scared. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you you were had, forced you, to watch. Yeah, the, so the you screen. were forced to watch. Yeah, the yeah. Right. which yeah. And then yeah. I thought again, just to belabor this, obviously, uh, is that now I feel like I'm watching an interview on TV, right. and I right. don't feel like there's any value to it right. actually happening there. No, I almost felt like just you know closing my eyes and listening to it. Like I would be in the car when yeah. I'm driving, listening to Fresh Air, right. and just oh, let me just pretend that I'm, you know, don't see them, and I'm just going to listen to them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there were some funny stories. There were some, oh yeah, yeah, some really funny language. The whole thing about the croissant that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So if you guys don't watch Veep, you really should because it's kind of it, it is a funny. Sh- funny show well that that was well i don't watch veep so all that stuff they were talking about with veep yeah same with me right, right over, over my head yeah. and i'm was like oh oh cool now you're talking about seinfeld okay that one i know yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah. uh i mean it was funny to hear it but the impact of what she was talking about uh was a little lost. was a little lost yeah. on me on yeah. me personally and i was really hoping to hear kevin spacey because i do watch house of cards I've been a fan of his since uh, he was on Wise Guy back in the late 80s. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, you're dating yourself there. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's now it's, it's so you, saying, right? Old? So you're old. <laughs> we had a, a very packed day because my feet are telling me that we did a lot of walking around and a lot of looking around at you know the expo floor. And, Neil, you were... Uh, kissing babies and shaking hands and stuff again this year you know this year we were recording it so we'll have more to share with you uh with all of our listeners in the near future all the different vendors we spoke with today so uh what stood out today as you know some of the highlights of the day um, I had a really great time talking with NCARB and with Autodesk, um, spoke with Vectorworks and Graphisoft as well, um, and just, just walking around and, and talking to those people about what they're doing and really kind of why they're here uh, was another question I was able to ask a, a few of them um, and getting their take on why they attend these shows. They're not cheap to attend, 
And uh, I think some of the feedback I got on that uh, was really interesting. Was there any like, you know, kind of like bombshell, like, oh, wow, that's going to be some great news in the future? There was some things that were said kind of off the record I can't talk about. But there, oh, I had I had questions that I, I shared with them prior to, you know, hitting the record button. And I, I did have some of them tell me, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that or I'm not going to answer that. But things they didn't want to talk about, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I attempted. There were some questions that uh, some listeners sent in and uh, that I was going to broach. And in one case, it was the, the person or people that could address those questions were not available. So, um, uh, you know, it's, 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 you can't ask a, a business-focused question when, you know, the product manager is there and they don't really control the, that sort of conversation from the company. So... Um, some of that uh, occurred as well. So gotcha. But um, but it was really fascinating to to sit down and, and kind of uh, play the media role, and um, it was very crazy busy um, because I kept going around to uh, to different vendors and and talking to them and recording and going through the whole process of setting up the mic and and doing all that. That's that was kind of new for us this year. So it was a lot of fun. I look forward to uh, sharing uh, some of the information we uh, we gleamed from all the different uh, interviews. So we'll be sharing that in the future. The AIA did launch their new website. It actually went out to a bunch of people ahead of time um, so that they have been testing it. So if you go to pilot.aia.org, you can experience the brand new website that the AIA has been working really hard on. And basically going to all of their constituents and saying, what do you want the website to do? And it was interesting in the pre-show role, again, they had some graphics up there about some of the polls that they had run and what people wanted most out of the new website. So it sounds like they really are trying to listen Which to great. all of their constituents and find out exactly what people actually want in the AIA website. Um, so it sounds like they've kind of reorganized a lot of stuff. It's obviously mobile friendly, yeah. which is a huge improvement. Uh, and it's been designed by Pentagram out of New York, which is their design partner. So it's got to be good. I haven't really gone through it all to check it out yet. But I'm hoping um, <clears throat> it's a lot more modern and uh, more useful for everybody out there. So check it out. Go to pilot.aia.org and check out the new site. And it should be available on any device. And don't worry. I mean, they're, you know, we're architects and we'll be picking it apart. Cause <laughs> really? <laughs> no, that no, font? <laughs> that color? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, they also announced the new uh, Architecture Firm of the Year Award today uh, that went yes. to LMN Architects, and uh, they're out of Seattle. And they had quite a, oh, a, quite a, a cool uh, portfolio. portfolio of stuff. <laughs> and so definitely be checking them out more here. And they had quite a few people from the firm here today to represent them as they were awarded that. Yeah, did you notice? I mean, it had a great cross-section of like... Uh, I thought what was great is so you had all of the principals up front, you know, the ones that were doing all of the talking and immediately behind them was uh, one of the kids. I'll call him a kid because he's definitely younger than me. That was in the video and uh, doing some of the talking mm -hmm. and he was immediately behind them standing next to and joking with like got to be one of the oldest guys at the firm, hmm. you know, clearly in like his sixties or, or, or more. And, they were like joking together and I was like, see, that's what we need is we need old and young, the, the mid-range careers and everybody else coming together because, I mean, I, I could just see the dialogue of this guy imparting his wisdom to the young kid, the young kid, you know, saying, okay, look, old guy, here's all of this, you know, wisdom that I have and stuff and, it, and being able to like mesh them together and stuff. One of the cool things that I thought 
really stood out about LMN was their kind of commitment to the to the civic fabric. Oh yeah, and you can tell that they're really involved in making their region important civically. Yes, and yes. I felt yeah. like they've put a ton of work into creating amazing architecture that's very public right for the public to fully engage in and some of those shots that they had inside the spaces you know whether they're civic auditoriums or libraries or justice centers or whatever it was just amazing looking work so i'm definitely looking forward to uh, checking them out more and it did seem like they were as far as their portfolio went very deserving of this it's they have a huge breadth of work oh yeah yeah huge projects yeah, and I was just like, oh, I'd love to do that. Oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah, they were, they were pretty exciting. So after the keynotes and all of the uh, architectural rah-rah and stuff, which I thought was great this year. Honestly, last year kind of left me a little bit wanting and lacking in like this inspirational from the architecture leadership. And, and this year, I thought they did a great job. I mean, Robert Ivey and Russ, I mean, they really did, you know, a good job. of. I, I felt a little picked up. Then we kind of, like, hit the expo floor and started to look at all of the different product vendors and um, people like that. So who was your highlights? For me, it was Iris VR, okay. who has a, a booth together with the Chaos Group, who are the creators of V-Ray, and also with Clever, which is, like, a real-time online walkthrough software that that you can basically have it all render and everything your project right inside the web browser it's it's an amazing tech and then frame was also there which is a virtualization yeah, company more about them who they had a, a they had a, a little macbook air there running revit because it's all running in the cloud off this amazing workstation that just to have that workstation on your desk he was saying would be Fifteen to twenty-five thousand dollars, but you can rent it for four dollars for a few hours. Right, right. <laughs> so, he was just like, you know, you could do a whole day's worth of work for what fifteen bucks. Yeah, and, and I thought that was great. I mean, that that's well worth the investment. Right. So that was cool. But Iris really stood out to me. Uh, we talked with George Valdez over there, and we got a tour of. Uh, I got to put on the the HTC Vive headset and hold the wa- the wands and actually be inside a space full VR. I really. Like the graphical quality of it was not amazing, but to be in the space, I really, it didn't take long at all for me to feel like I was there. And they have actually kind of written their own, there's there's a new thing out, uh, which I I linked to the other day, which is the new, um, a new tech from Google where you can paint in 3D. So they've kind of got their own version integrated into their software now. And with these wands in your hand, you can point at the paintbrush and then you can actually start painting in 3D. So it's tracking your motion of everywhere that you're going with your handheld device and you can actually paint in 3D. And then he even talked about, you know, not too far in the future, hopefully being able to get that painting that stuff that you're doing, the markups or whatever they are, back into your model so that it'll be a two-way thing. So not only do I get to experience the model and paint on it in 3D, and it's a really super easy drag-and-drop interface to get your SketchUp or Revit or OBJ models into there, then they'll be able to take this 3D markups and paintings that you do and throw them back into your model. 
which is sweet. So look, watching you do it on the screen, you know, you were in it real time, and we were watching you on the screen. Uh, all I could think of is, man, I don't want to do his red lines because it was like you're splotching all over the place and stuff. <laughs> you know? But but what was cool about it though, and and what I could see from as you were doing that and you were immersed into it is the next evolution of not only just you know visual visualization. But now here as a project manager, being able to go into a 3D real-time view of what's going on in the model and being able to you know, do like visual clash dis- detections like, oh, I'm looking at this wall. Now I've got the you know, mechanical kind of integrated into it and I see this mechanical is too low and it's hanging down below the ceiling. So I'm going to put a little red you so know, see splotch you bump on your it. virtual head on, on a pipe. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I mean, it's, it's cool that you – because know, a lot of times even – Right now, for project management in QA, QCing, and stuff like that, you're still doing it in 2D. You're still looking at what the documents that you put out are, are really doing. And this, to really kind of do, you know, now it's getting closer to the whole minority report thing that I'm looking for, <laughs> yeah. is being able to get in there and Getting a workout it, while you're know, in your project. Exactly. You know, no, no more sitting on your ass while you're doing this. You're out there. You're like up and you're moving around. You're spinning the damn, you know, thing around. You're moving. You're like, oh, crap, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong. Oh, look at that. That's that's pretty cool. Maybe we should expand this detail and stuff like that. And, and I thought, I can see that we're it's starting to kind of like tiptoe into the future of those things and and we're really going to get there so it, it's going to be it's going to be cool well i i encourage everyone to go check it out if you're at the convention go over to booth 2711 and visit iris vr yeah. uh, and if you're not go to their website and check out what they're up to because they have a really cool vr solution it's very easy to use and like i said it works natively with sketchup revit and obj models which is basically everything. I mean, if yeah. you, you just drag and drop your model onto their thing and it turns it into a model that's virtual reality. So there's no lengthy conversion process or anything. And, and honestly, to, once you take the goggles back off and you get back out, you expect to still be in it. Like You yeah. feel like you are in this thing yeah. when you're yeah. in there. And it's, it's very sweet. As a design tool, this is where I'm really starting to see how this can apply to us with the work that they're doing right now. It is no longer the high-end presentation stuff, which is a whole separate track in the VR world, and we've got VR roller coasters now, and we've got all this stuff. This, as it as how it applies to architects, is huge because it is a very usable design tool. And the way yes. that they've made it yes. so accessible by just this drag-and-drop interface to create the models then all you have to do is make the one-time purchase for the hardware, and you can actually be using this at your desk, in your office, and you could put this onto a client's head and have them experience it as well. But as a design tool, we're all sophisticated enough to navigate around in 3D on our screens. It is no harder to be in the space, fully immersed, and playing with your architecture yeah. uh, before it's before it's ever built. So. Very cool. It's the virtual Lego set that you can be able to spin around and look at. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And what was also great about that, in, what was it, the the setup that they had for Oculus Rift, I think? Or the one that, that was like the really high-resolution rendering? That was just in a Samsung Gear. I mean, oh, that okay. was very oh, high-res. God, that was beautiful, too. I mean, it was, you almost, it was, you still knew that it was rendered, but you really kind of felt like you were in this, you know, just 
space and you could feel the space that was what was yeah. cool about it so you could feel the the vastness of it was a library and you know it was just it, and it was rendered beautifully I, th- I thought it was fantastic yeah that's just a Samsung gear and that's a $99 headset which is really? anybody wow. can have one of these you just have to have a Samsung Galaxy S6 or an S7 phone if you already have one of those phones you spend the extra 99 bucks. and the, what it does is it has a couple of extra sensors that the phone doesn't have and then they communicate together to really make you feel like you're inside the space, it's it's really cool. So again, check that out at the Iris VR booth tomorrow, uh, or on their website if you are not at the show. Any other cool booths, cool tech, anything else that you well, saw? I went to the the Shilden um, booth, which you know the reason why I wanted to seek them out and go to them is one to talk to them because and thank them for helping me on my last project because you know um i had never worked in terracotta before not to this extreme of a level where we basically almost used everything out of their product catalog in one way shape or form on this building and just talk to them about what they've done what they've done to help me out and then kind of just like you know what's next coming down the road and you know they've got some great terracotta screening and stuff that they've got going on that just these simple little it's 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 kind of like a these like rectangular plates that are hung on a um, a metal mesh and then you basically can hang it over you know almost any type of uh, substrate either you know and and they were they were showing projects that they were dressing up parking garages and stuff and these parking garages went from like your ho-hum parking garage to something that was really a nice piece of architecture just by this simple little you know terracotta screening that they were using and just kind of see where some of terracotta which most people a lot of people do use it but a lot of people don't understand how to use it in cladding systems and things like that because they think it's more brittle and you know easy to break and things like that but you know i'm going to be looking at the building products and stuff like that i think that's a good point i mean there are tons and tons of vendors showing off really cool materials we spent time at a lot of them and there's too many to list but that was really cool to see kind of that brisolet system that they've come up with yeah yeah. that was really cool i I will say that you know you will get us to come to your booth a lot more with mimosas (laughs) a surprising (laughs) number of booths are serving mimosas exactly it's true we we went we we visited our our cat right our cat was on the show floor under the big red glowing a our wonderful sponsor and uh, it was cool to check in with bill and all of the the family over there and uh, they're up to some cool stuff. And yeah. so I, I want to encourage everybody to head over to the RCAP booth if you're at the show and check out their new software that they're giving away for free, which is it's all cloud-based, but it's called Charette. And uh, we're actually going to be talking with them more about this tomorrow. But Charette is a pretty promising-looking platform to throw design ideas together when you're starting out a project in conceptual yeah. and schematic design. And then have their behind-the-scenes database system turn all that into something very tangible and real for the project, which is going to be outline specs and then more realistic specs once you get further down right. the line. They'll be able to pull in and link in you know, some things about like where you can find um, details and stuff like that. So I, I think there's some things. And then, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, doesn't it... It, it can integrate like every level of the team, you know, from just the in-office project team members to all of your engineers and your clients and everybody else. And, you know, you can do these kind of like yeah. real-time, you know, pulling together of... Inspirational you know, photos, right. sketches, and products. There's yeah. all kinds of inputs so, into you know, the system. And, 
And every time you know we're meeting with a client, you know we put together all of these inspiration boards. They also want to see some of the material and stuff, or add and to the, the inspiration board themselves. Right, right. And they can populate with photos or a link or things like that. You know, and this is a real time conversation that's going on that doesn't have to wait for the weekly, bi weekly type of progress meetings and stuff. This is everybody's talking for the greater good of the project. So think I'm of kind it. Of excited. About yeah, it. think of it kind of like Pinterest. And everybody has access to a Pinterest board, and then they can be throwing up all so kinds kind of, of information like on there. Pinterest meets Slack meets, you know, like a Skype type. It seems like know, that. I mean, it's, it's like all of these collaborative tools kind of pulled together as one with the engine of being able to, like, pull down technical data and BIM, uh, models, BIM models and all that details, other stuff. So I think it's... Yeah. I think this is definitely, you know, a good way to go. We'll get We'll get some more information tomorrow so that we can give a, a more realistic idea about what it is. But we're excited to see it. So that that's something tomorrow that we're looking forward to. So Let's talk about Neri. I, we haven't really mentioned her yet and who she is. But the, the keynote tomorrow is going to be Neri Oxman. And, uh, and she's an MIT professor. And uh, she is working at the Media Lab there. And I think that it's going to be a lot more appropriate for the audience that, that the AIA is, is serving to this week. What do you guys think about Neri? Are you excited to hear what she has to say oh yeah yeah I, I mean you know again with the and it wasn't that it was a negative critique about you know i mean they they did their best to pull together uh, a keynote after a keynote dropped out relatively late in the game almost close to game time so you know they did a great job and i, and I thought the format was fine but it really didn't speak to us but i think Neri and the next uh, keynote speakers are really going to be speaking to what excites us about the profession, about design, design process and things like that. And I'm really kind of looking forward to, to her take on approach of you know, integrated design and, and, and everything else. And, well, we, we know that the MIT Media Lab is at the forefront of design and technology. And we also know that she is uh, an architect and a designer. Uh, and so what I'm excited about as far as them choosing her is kind of a new, younger direction yes. that they're going with this. And to me, that's really important for the future of the AIA, right? We've got tons and tons of membership. They said this year is the biggest membership year ever for the AIA. And we know that there's a lot of older membership that's going to be tapering off through over the next years. And so how are they going to get more members? How is the AIA going to keep on going? And to me, this is one of those strategic initiatives that they have to be doing. They have to be injecting this new, exciting lifeblood, which yes. is the future of architecture, this stuff that she's going to be talking about tomorrow, which is what I'm so excited about. I think that this is the exact kind of thing that the AIA needs to be doing for the future of these types of conventions and, and inspiring the groups of people who are really coming into the the profession. Absolutely. So uh, um, anything else? Did you like maybe sneak away from the convention hall and look at any really, really cool architecture? <laughs> uh, yeah. I got. <laughs> so we drove over to the Barnes Foundation. Uh, beautiful building. Which is a Todd Williams, Billy Chen design, and it was Amazing. Yes. It was amazing. So look for some photos on our Instagram. You might see a few of them on there. Uh, but, but man, what? again, I've described them before. That's capital A architecture. Yeah. But there is a lot of really cool uh, both old historic architecture, new architecture. The thing that I always love about 
the East Coast cities and stuff is this beautiful integration. It's got a dance between modern and, and traditional architecture of you know these classic old you know like city streets with the alleys and everything else. And then you just got all these nice little peekaboos of modern and stuff. And it just it's a beautiful mix and blend. And Philadelphia is a, a good example, a great example of you know this this beautiful blend of of every era of architecture that's ever touched the american psyche and there is a lot of building going on here yes there is a ton which is great great to see i mean it's it's great to be in a city for this convention and see that going on and again just being reminded of why we do what we do and actually getting to experience these projects get away from the show floor get out walk around get some fresh air the weather is absolutely perfect today get down underneath the buildings and eat out of the food trucks and and just feel like you're part of it for me at least a, oh, yeah. a very different feeling of uh surroundings and in the city and the architecture and it's just been f- just fantastic yeah and as much as i enjoyed um atlanta you know last year's host city atlanta is kind of typifies the southern almost suburban urban environment where you sort of need a car to like get around and, and to see some of the things because it's so spread out. The great thing about you know these you know colonial towns and stuff like that is everything's so condensed in that it being one of the top five walkable cities in the country, it really does. I mean, you could be anywhere and see anything, and in about twenty know, minutes, in about could, twenty minutes, twenty minute you're walk, you're everywhere. Yeah, very cool. Oh, one other thing that, that happened today was uh, we were a sponsor for the Charette Venture Group Business Plan Competition, and they announced the winners of that, and so we thought it would be cool to kind of announce that on here as well and give a plug to them because uh, they've been a great partner with that kind of stuff. So they announced on the Facebook page, they had live video running uh, a little bit ago, and they had two runners up and then the grand prize winners and the grand prize was almost $15,000 worth of stuff. There was a $10,000 check and then about $5,000 uh, worth of software and things wow. like that. So it why, was... Why didn't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was no small feat either. They had to do several presentations and then they went through the jury deliberations. And I'm sure it was a tough choice. Uh, the runners-up were Love Shack Architecture and Clever Moderns. And the grand prize winners was ARC 406. And so congratulations to ARC 406. Absolutely. And to Charette Venture Group for once again, like pulling something together. I think you were saying this, Cormac. This is something that the AIA should definitely be paying attention to. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is, this is encouraging entrepreneurship and architecture. This is innovation in business application. I mean, so this is something that as a whole, the AIA should be getting into encouraging this kind of like creative thought in business modeling. Yep. And because this is, as you say, you know, with even with the Neary's um, uh, keynote tomorrow, these this is the future of the of architecture. This is the future of the profession, and we really should be encouraging any and everything that is a positive light for both the the firm and the progression of the profession. The AIA should be getting back, you know, backing them up and getting behind them and pushing them forward. Yeah, kudos to Charette Venture Group for organizing and putting this together and building up all these sponsors and all this momentum and then just giving it away. I mean, this is amazing. They're doing this all on their own dime. They do some really cool stuff. So we'll we'll have a, a link to the Charette Venture Group in the show notes. 
But they really are doing some cool stuff. They are investing in companies, and they are not taking a chunk of that company. Uh, it's it's a really interesting business model that they have themselves, but all in the best interest of developing architecture practice of tomorrow, which right. I think is, is an amazing thing. So very cool for them. So definitely worth mentioning here at the end of the show. All right. Well, that's it from our second day here at the AIA convention. Tune in tomorrow, and we'll have the final episode of our mobile studio here in Philadelphia. And thanks again, shout out to RCAT for sponsoring this special episode of ArcaSpeak. If you're here at the convention, remember to visit RCAT in booth 3401. And thanks everyone for listening. Bye. 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 Start now, or you can hang your head in despair. The only road will take you there. They may tell you that you'll never recover, baby. I've learned one thing or another about you. It's the only road will get you there. And if they don't know how to treat you. Yeah.